Recording in progress. Hello, everybody. Thank you very much for joining. Uh, and also, hello, as always, to those guys who are listening along, whether you're on Spotify, you're watching it back on the YouTube channel. What we have today is the answer to the question, how do I control my calories? We're going to be covering quite a lot of stuff today. Uh, we're also going to, we're going to be covering things like, uh, we're going to be answering the question, why is it important to cut to, you know, being in charge of your calories? That one may seem fairly obvious. We're just going to make sure that's dead clear. We're going to be talking about how it is that we go about it. And then we're also going to be talking about some, some theory on calorie control. And then we're going to use that to help with a little bit of practical stuff so that at the end, you have a very clear roadmap in order to um, get you to where you want to get to in terms of you want it to be leaner um, and you want to be able to maintain it. The reason, the inspiration behind this was that Although all of this stuff is stuff that I've I've covered before in other videos, I've not actually ever all put it together in one go. I feel like I spend a lot of time giving people, um, when I have conversations with you guys, giving you sort of tidbits and, and parts of the story. And what I want to do today is to answer all of it. So this isn't necessarily aimed at anybody at any particular level. Uh, this could be somebody who's just starting out and wants to lose 30 kilos. This could be going all the way down to somebody who's, I don't know, sort of, you know, fairly lean and wants to get really, really lean. All of this stuff applies uh, and it's up to you and and me to decide where it is that you're going to start along this, this journey. OK, so the first thing that we're going to do, um, just to make sure that it's dead clear and dead obvious, and we're going to, there's about 40 slides here, so we're going to move through it quite a pace. The first thing that we're going to do is we're going to be talking about why calorie counting and why making sure that you are keeping your calories in check is, is important. Now, the first one and the, the most obvious one is health. And this is something that we talk about a lot. Being overweight or carrying too much body fat has a pretty much a you know negative impact on every aspect of your health. Um, that isn't always true with everyone, but it is true with almost everyone. Controlling your calories is the simplest and easiest way to make sure that you are not going to leave yourself exposed to any unpleasant uh, health side effects that you don't want. Things like heart disease, things like diabetes, things like cancers, things like, you know, making sure your organs are functioning well. And then there's also the the day to day how you feel, you know, making sure your energy is good, making sure you're um, you're vibrant and you're and you're sort of your focus and you're clear. OK, the second thing is aesthetics. And this is the one that everyone goes for immediately, which is that, as you can see from the two pictures that we have here on the right, my body fat percentage is higher. Muscle tone is less. Um, muscles actually don't look as good because they're slightly more sort of they're sort of slightly softened and slightly more blurry. Getting yourself to a lower body fat percentage is going to make you look better. Okay, confidence is going to be higher. Clothes are going to fit more nicely. People are probably going to be nicer to you. I don't know, whatever. Basically, this is the big thing that people are going for. But it's not just health and aesthetics. It's endurance. So, for example, I had the conversation with somebody who's planning to run the marathon next year. The first thing that you want to do if you want to get better at endurance is to is to weigh less. You don't want to be running around with a 10 kilo backpack on. You also don't want to be running around with 10 kilos of body fat. It's going to put more stress on your joints. It's going to make the make everything more difficult in terms of recovery, in terms of the speed that you can run, the the the, the distance you can run, the amount of this sort of the efficiency of your or your gait. So for endurance sports, making sure you're lean and appropriately so is is really really important. Also, relative strength is a thing. 
I'm sure you'll all know examples, things like sumo wrestlers, and we're going to get a little bit more into athletes in a minute, but things like sumo wrestlers or things like power athletes, like shot putters will always have a higher natural body fat percentage than say someone like a gymnast or a sprinter. However, for the most part, most of the people that I talk to are most interested in what they can do relative to their body weight. Okay, so we're not necessarily talking about powerlifting, but in terms of relative strength, being leaner is going to make things like pull-ups, push-ups, lunges, squats, jumping, all that kind of stuff much easier. And then the last thing for those of you that are engaged in sports, things like playing tennis, things like playing ball sports. Um, obviously, everybody knows that I play rugby. The, the sort of getting your body fat percentage correct, which doesn't mean the leaner you are, the better, is really important to making sure that you're, you're going to get the most out of your sport. So what we're going to do now is just very quickly give you an overview of, of where you should be. I get asked this a lot. What, what kind of body fat percentage should I be, ideally? Now, essential fat, um, and we'll just stick to the left-hand column, generally speaking, women are operating at around sort of 5 to 10% more than, than your average man, okay? Essential fat, which means the fat that you need to have in your body without dying, is 2 to 5%. We're not interested in that. Let's move on. Athletes, 6 to 13. This is where you would look very lean. This is mostly what you'll see. If you go to the beach, the leanest people will be in this category. No one's going to get down to sort of the, very few people are going to get sub 6% and not be on a bodybuilding stage. For most of you, what we're aiming for and what I tend to try to aim for is around the 14 to 17% range, which is this is something which is very easily maintainable. Uh, this is something that you can do without necessarily having to be too strict. Uh, and it's something that will look good with both clothes on and clothes off. Average, I would say, in terms of this is not necessarily an average of what you would see on the street, but rather average in terms of it not being particularly difficult, 18 to 24%. And anything over 25% or for women, 32% is basically where you're looking at the fact that you're actually, you're fairly overweight, you're either, you're technically classified as obese, and that's what you're looking to drop. Obviously, not all of you will have um, your, your body fat percentage measured, you won't necessarily have body fat percentage scales. Um, so if you don't, then the main thing to think about is how do you want to do you have excess fat? Yes or no? Do you want to get rid of it? Yes or no? That's all there is to it. Okay. To give you some perspective, though, what classes as officially healthy varies quite a lot. So, for example, a gymnast might be at peak performance at 6%, whereas something like a shot putter might be at peak performance at 20%. Where you need to be on that spectrum is actually up to you. And basically what we're all looking for and what this system is designed for is to get you into that healthy range, okay, and allow you to maintain it. We're not looking for sort of, let's say, sub- 8% body fat where you're getting really, really lean, that requires a very different outlook. And that isn't really appropriate. But I, you know, none of the people that I work with are going for that in the first place. So we don't need to dwell on that for too long. Um, let's talk about calorie balance. Now, this is the most basic, the most fundamental aspect of fat loss um, and getting leaner. Okay. And that is that on one hand, you have calories in, which is determined by what you eat. And on the other hand, you have calories out, which is determined by four things, right? Your basal metabolic rate, which is basically the amount of energy required to keep your body warm, keep your heart beating, organs functioning, breathing, that kind of stuff. You have non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is walking, fidgeting, doing the housework, going to work, all that kind of stuff. You have the thermic effect of feeding, which is digestion. So the type of food that you eat will um, affect that. 
the more processed foods that you eat, basically, the less digestion they require, the more unprocessed you eat, the more energy you burn just by eating them. The last thing is exercise activity thermogenesis. Now, I have a full breakdown on everything that you need to do to burn calories. It's in the lab. Okay, it's in level four. It's already up there. So go and check it out if you want to go today. All we're going to be focusing on is eating. All right. So if we want to improve your calorie balance to get to the point where you are burning more calories than you are consuming, then we need to mainly focus on reducing intake. The reason for that is because it's far easier and far more reliable for you to create a, let's say, 100 calorie deficit through consuming 100 calories fewer over the course of a day than it is for you to burn off 100 calories through exercise. It's much more reliable and it's much easier. Going for a run, say, for example, at my weight, if I run hard for an hour, I'll burn around 1,000 calories, apparently. That takes a lot of effort, takes a lot of recovery, takes a lot of stress. Um, eating 1,000 calories, which is probably you know eating a block of cheese or something, really doesn't take that much effort. It's much, much easier for me to recreate a calorie balance by reducing my intake. And the fact of the matter is, studies have shown, if you just get people to exercise more, they won't actually lose weight. They just eat more, okay? So we need to be controlling reducing intake. And there's there's two ways that we can do this practically. One is that we go for a more sort of mindful approach where you consider how much you need to eat and you think about things like portion sizes, you think about things like hunger signals, and you go along that side of the thing. It's the person who says, I lost 20 kilos. How did you do it? They look at you blankly and they just say, well, I just ate less. Okay. Lots of people can do it. Some people find that quite tricky. On the other hand, we have essentially putting a, a fence post around you, which is essentially saying, I'm going to find some kind of external barrier, some kind of line that I can draw in the sand, whether that be uh, cutting out food groups or it is actually measuring portions and saying, I, this is going to control how much that I eat. So I don't really have to consider how I feel. I'm just going to make sure that I, I follow this. And each of them have pros and cons. The left-hand side is, um, you know, it's, and we've cut, hang on, we've just said this. So the left-hand side is all about, yeah, mindfulness, eating speed and hunger cues. The right-hand side, the ways that you would achieve that is by either measuring the food out. And this is what we actually want to do, because I don't really recommend cutting out food groups at this point. Um, measuring out your food in terms of actually weighing it and using my fitness pal or something like that, or hand portioning. So you can say, over the course of the day, I'm going to have five palm-sized portions of protein. I'm going to have five cupped handfuls of carbohydrates, you know, five thumbs of that, fats, whatever it is. Okay. And we'll get more to that later on. They have pros and cons. So the the mindfulness approach is 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 infinitely flexible. You can take it anywhere, whether you're, you know, on a on in a restaurant, you're on holiday, you're at work, things are getting stressful, it doesn't really matter. It's a lifelong habit, which means that you don't ever need to be actively doing any kind of formal admin to make it work. You can always be conscious of your portion sizes. You can always be conscious of how you feel. And I do believe that on a fundamental level, this is what we should be operating at um, with, with the long term in mind. The problem is that especially um, for people who are new to this, often they're so sort of out of touch with their, their hunger signals and their, and their food choices or they're, for example, so overwhelmed or stressed or emotional around food, it can be very vague and it's difficult to actually know, okay, so hang on, what should I be doing? So when we start, as all of you will know, we give you an objective outline. Okay, well, in theory, this is what you should be doing. It's objective. It says, okay, we're looking at roughly this portion of this, this portion of this, and this portion of this, roughly these calories over the course of the day. That's what you're aiming for. Um, the problem is 
is that when you do go out to eat or you do go to a restaurant, you can't tell me how many calories are in your dinner. Okay, so that what we need to do is we need to try to find a combination of these two things to suit you. Um, and then that will probably vary as you go along with some weeks being more towards the right hand side and, and some weeks being more towards the left. OK, and those are listening. That means some of you thinking more about the mindful things and some of you thinking more about the actual sort of the clear restrictive things that actually give you some nice firm boundaries. Now, one of the things that we need to we need to acknowledge early is that wherever you however it is that you decide to go about your um, your fat loss efforts there is one thing that you can't avoid, and that is hunger. Hunger is a necessary part of fat loss. It is unavoidable, and it's healthy. It's part of the idea, right? To stimulate and maintain your 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 weight loss, as I've said here, hunger is a necessity. So it's up to you how you want to do it. I want you to think of it like you would think about going to sleep. So it's perfectly rational and perfectly normal that uh, we think of sleepiness as a normal thing that we get towards the end of the day. We wait until we get, ideally, we wait till we get to the end of the day, you feel tired, you feel sleepy, you go to sleep in an ideal world, you wake up, you don't feel sleepy anymore, and you crack on with your day. Hunger is the same kind of thing. We want to wait until we feel hungry. If you want to be lean, you want to wait until you feel hungry because, and I'm going to I keep interrupting myself, because the idea being is that your your normal state of being as a human is to be slim, not necessarily ripped, but slim, is to wait until you feel physically hungry before you eat, um, and then stop when the, the you know the hunger goes away, when you feel satisfied, not to overeat. The example of how most people treat their hunger, if you apply it to sleep, would be you wake up at seven o'clock in the morning, then you have a nap at ten. Then you have a nap at one, then you have a nap at four, and then you have a nap at nine before going to bed at 11. By the time you get to 11, you don't really feel tired because you haven't actually allowed yourself enough time to get sleepy. And so you have crap sleep and then you wake up and you don't feel particularly good. And then you repeat the cycle because you're not getting the sleep right. Your body actually functions better if you sleep well and then stay awake for the whole day than if you're constantly on and off sleeping. OK, hunger is the same thing. We want to wait until you feel hungry before you eat and then you want to actually just wait to, for that hunger to build up again all right now if i were to um you know put you into a lab and put you on a calorie controlled diet which was measured out and all absolutely exact and all that kind of stuff you'd feel hungry if you were in a calorie deficit so one of the things that we want to do is we want to say okay so how can we we could just focus on the hunger itself rather than the um the actual all the admin of getting to that point and actually use that as a tool rather than jumping straight to the more sort of rigorous and strict restrictive way of controlling things the external restrictions okay so once we've sort of thought about the fact that hunger is important the next thing and this is really important as well is to be able to identify between what well, what counts as hunger because people will say to me all the time people that have a lot of weight to lose they'll say I feel hungry all the time. I feel hangry. If I don't eat every few hours, my energy dips, um, all these kinds of things. And I want to try and help you to understand what actually it is that we're dealing with here. So hunger is a sensation which builds up because of a lack of calories, which is not the same thing as a desire to eat. It's kind of, it's slow to arise. You know, it can take days or even weeks. So if you cut somebody's calories down, Often people will come to me a week later and say, well, you know, I still don't feel that hungry. I'm hardly, I'm not really eating much. 
but I just don't feel hungry because it's been such a long time since they've actually felt that real hunger. Simple food satisfies your desire to eat. Okay, so I can put some, you know, it doesn't need to be unseasoned, but I don't know, like a seasoned, a seasoned piece of fish or chicken or steak or whatever, um, some potatoes which have just been boiled, some vegetables which have been steamed, um, put them in front of you, you're happy to eat it and you feel satisfied when you've finished, okay? If, you know, if if that's what you're feeling, chances are then that was hunger that you were experiencing. The other aspect of hunger actually as well, before we move on to the other one, is insufficient food volume. So you need to have a certain amount of stomach distension over the course of the day. So you need to fill up your stomach a certain amount um, with a certain amount of food bulk, which is why we generally recommend that you eat large portions in terms of lots of vegetables, lots of sort of water, high water content foods to try and fill you up. So those are the two aspects of hunger. Now, if we contrast that with appetite, appetite is a, a psychological desire to eat food, which is not the same thing. So it comes on very quickly and it's intense. Okay. And it feels like I want to eat this. It's specific. It's I want to eat a chocolate glazed donut. I want to eat a bag of crisps. I want to eat a pizza. I want to eat X, Y, and Z. Often it's it's emotional or it's to do with trying to entertain yourself. It's a bit of a pacifier if you're feeling pissed off or whatever. Um, and it's and as I said, it, it's it's very specific. Okay. One of the things that we're going to have to do and we're all going to have to do and continue to do is to be able to become more discerning around whether what you're experiencing is appetite for a specific food or hunger because you have been in a calorie deficit and or if it's hunger because you just haven't eaten enough food over the course of the day. So these are all things that we need to consider. And when we go into the, the practical aspect of things, which we're going to get to soon, um, we're going to take all of this stuff into account. OK, so. We've got two ways of controlling the amount of calories that you eat. We have internal, we have external. We want to use a combination of both. The further down the line you are, is in the more weight you have to lose, the more I would recommend that you stick towards the internal stuff. The more, the leaner that you are, the more I would recommend that you start to go on the external stuff. Although that may seem counterintuitive, the reason for that is because when you're very over, if you're very overweight, you've got 20, 30 kilos to lose then your body will naturally lose weight without much fight, okay? The leaner that you get, the more it will fight you back and the more your hunger hormones will kick in. And so as you get leaner, the less you'll be able to trust them, okay? So, and that's something that we're gonna, we'll cover um, in a, well, we have already covered in the, in the later um, videos, okay? So the first thing you need to do, and this is the baseline, this is the absolute most basic thing. And this is what I would start with, with absolutely everybody is to track your nutrition okay if you're not paying attention to what you eat you cannot change your behavior you cannot change your nutrition habits okay so on an outcome basis so say until we're making solid progress and i feel in control we are going to track my food set a short goal two weeks whatever and if in two weeks i feel like i'm making good progress and everything's going well then we can take this away if you want to um, but we're not going to say, oh, let's just do this forever because then you'll stop doing it. We need to think two weeks, get yourself into the right position, understand where you need to be. And it very much, as I've written here, represents your awareness around food. So if you can't remember 
to take pictures of your food while you're eating it, it means that you're not paying attention to what you're eating and also not thinking, am I making a good choice? You're distracted, you're elsewhere. And that is representative of your basic food habits. Okay, so this will give us a baseline from which we can work. We cannot change your food habits unless you're at the very least paying attention to every single meal you eat having some kind of level of intention around making sure that you're eating properly or you're eating according to the guidelines that we've sent you and actually thinking critically about what you're eating and being able to reflect on it. Once we've got that in, so that's the baseline, then you can actually start to appreciate what you're eating. Food is is not just fuel, it is a pleasure. And for the if you try to make it just fuel, which you will, because you're just going to go, do you know, it's easier just to eat this plain food, not think about it and move on, you will eventually implode. Okay, you know that, I know that, we all know that, we fool ourselves occasionally, okay? So plan your food out, that's critical. And then cur curate your calories so that you are basically assigning the more calorically dense meals are the more sort of, let's say, um, some, let's put it bluntly, tastier meals to the point where you're really going to enjoy them. And the meals where you don't really care about, lunch on a Tuesday, breakfast on a Wednesday, these kinds of things where you're just kind of just going through the motions, you probably don't need to eat as big a portion there, okay? Savour what you eat every time, okay? So do try to enjoy your food wherever you, where, wherever you can. Make things that taste good, and always make sure that you're doing your best to, to eat undistracted, you're, you're um, you know, paying attention to what you're eating and you're enjoying it, you're, you know, you're grateful for it, all this kind of stuff to actually give your body the psychological satisfaction from having eaten, which will quell your appetite. The more nice stuff you eat, the less, and this is, remember, what appetite is, the, the more nice food that you eat, even if it isn't necessarily tons of calories, the more relaxed you'll be around your food because you won't feel the need to rebound because you've just eaten, you know, chicken and rice for three weeks or whatever. Okay. The next thing you can do is once you've actually started to save your food is to slow down. Now, this has, there's tons of research around this, around, um, you know, slower eating speed results in greater physical satisfaction, better digestion as well, but that's sort of less relevant to what we're talking about greater psychological satisfaction and then both of those things combine to mean that you are less likely to overeat in the moment and critically probably more importantly you're less likely to feel hungry later on or you'll, you'll feel less hungry in it's sort of in a few hours and you won't continue eating later down the line if you bolt your food your brain doesn't get any, any acknowledgement of what you've eaten and in two hours time your brain's like both physically physiologically and psychologically is going i need more food i need more food because you just bolted it so that is really really important and it's unbelievably powerful if you can get it right and it's something that we need to be doing i don't care about weighing and measuring calories i don't care about whatever you're if you're not doing this it won't last forever unless you intend on weighing and measuring your calories for the rest of your life, okay? So make sure you're sitting down, calm environment, making time to eat, choosing foods that require a bit of chewing, you know, some al dente carrots rather than some boiled crap ones. One, they'll taste nicer too. It slows you down a little bit. Pull, Put your, um, your utensils down between mouthfuls. Take your time, relax, and try to pace yourself against people who are slow. It makes a big difference, okay? I'm naturally a fast eater. Almost everyone I talk to who wants help with fat loss says that they're fast eaters. It's not a coincidence, right? You need to be consciously aware of this. Do not eat too quickly, okay? And then to combine with that, you also want to make sure that you're eating foods that really sort of fill you up. So things that 
um, take a lot of chewing are good because they slow you down, but things that take a lot of chewing are good as well because they give you that physiological and physical satisfaction. So no liquid calories. I don't want to see protein shakes with meals. I don't want to see, um, unless you've got your, sorry, unless you've got your fat loss in check, I don't want to see protein shakes with meals. I want you to eat whole foods. I don't want to see things like Huel shakes. I don't want to see real meal replacement shakes. I don't want to see caloric drinks like soft drinks. You don't want to be getting too much on alcohol. That needs to be limited. Um, all of these liquid calories need to be getting out of your diet. Things like sugary coffees, hot chocolates, you know, chai lattes, whatever it is that you're drinking. Killer, absolutely killer if you want to try and drop fat, okay? Stick to minimally processed whole foods. Try to bulk out your diet with as much veg as possible. There's another video which goes into exactly all the specifics about this. It's not for today. And stay hydrated. Keep yourself hydrated. Makes a big difference. Keeps you full, keeps you happy, keeps your energy up. Stops you from feeling grumpy and crap because you're dehydrated, which you can often then try to fix by eating a nice sort of snack or, or something like that. Once you've got all those things in place, those are kind of like the that's the next level. First thing is tracking your food. Next level is getting those things right, slowing down unprocessed food, making sure you're savoring it. Then you need to start thinking about portion sizes. So stop when you feel satisfied rather than when you feel stuffed. OK, this is a big one. Don't be afraid to leave some for later. What we're looking for here is to get to the point where you feel no longer hungry, physically hungry, which I mean, the the feeling that you get when you haven't consumed enough calories hungry, not appetite. So you may want to eat more of your dinner because it's delicious, but you may also not be particularly hungry for it. You're going to need to experiment a little bit with this because it's tricky um, for the most part. It's fairly straightforward, which is that you're going to be just thinking, if you're making progress within the parameters that we want, you're okay. If you're not, then you're not. And we need to find another way to run around this. But this is the simplest thing. So try to control how much you're eating so that you are stopping when you feel satisfied. And this is only possible if you're paying attention and you're eating slowly, okay? The last thing is then waiting until you feel hungry. So don't just eat because it's eight o'clock and it's breakfast time. If you want to... Um, you should be expecting to feel, as we said, feel hungry between meals, feel some hunger. You need to be waiting. If you feel like potentially you might have overeaten at dinner, if you wake up and it's breakfast time, and this is much more something to do with the fact that people have got not that much to lose and they want to get really lean, then you may find that the easiest thing to do is say, okay, well, if I'm not hungry yet, I'm just going to wait until lunchtime when I will be hungry and I'll eat properly. Missing a meal every now and again, you can be clever about it. You can call it intermittent fasting, or you can just call it intuitive eating. You can call it whatever you want to call it. So don't just eat for the sake of it. Eat until you're hungry. You will not accidentally starve. I promise you. Okay. The good thing as well is, is that food tastes better when you leave it a little bit longer. So all of your food tastes great if you wait until you feel hungry. And the fact of the matter is, and that's simple stuff as well. You should feel excited to sit down and eat a bowl of porridge with some berries in it or as I described, a piece of fish and some potatoes and some steamed vegetables. If you're hungry and if you're getting to the point where your fat loss is good, then you should feel really excited about eating that. It shouldn't feel like a chore. OK, we need to make sure things taste as good as they can. But that's the uh, that's the basic principle. OK, so all of that together, all the things that we want to be working on, if you want to work on the internal control of calories. OK, the external is much simpler. 
But as we said, the drawback is it isn't flexible and there's always a reason not to do it. OK, so this is the sort of thing that you can do, though, which is going to help you out. Now, everyone who starts new and if you ever want me to update this for you, then let me know, um, gets a precision nutrition uh, calorie and macro calculator plan. Um, and basically what it runs out is, is your the amount of protein you need to eat a day, the amount of carbohydrates you need to eat a day, the amount of fats you need to eat a day, and the calories required per day. Okay, this is very objective. This is what you need to do. If you did this, it would work. But life isn't that simple, which is why we do all of the other stuff. Approximate portions using the hand as a guide, or you need to think about sort of actually, you know, weighing things out. Okay, but this is this is the answer to the question of, well, what should I be doing? What we then do is you will then need to prepare your 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 food in advance because there's no point in using this and then making it up as you go along. That will not work, which is why the food planning and the awareness around what you're eating is actually more important and more fundamental than this. OK, so planning out your meals, either using the hand sizes or using something like my fitness power, which will help you to um, work out calories. Um, and you want to be planning either some or potentially if you're very keen all of your food. I would say that for most of you, the answer is to plan out some of your food, not all of it. Okay, and I'll explain. So we want to be thinking that you want to be on, on in general, most people want to save their calories for evenings on a day to day basis, and weekends on a week to week basis. So what you can do in this instance is when you know that you want to be eating, let's make it up 2000 calories a day, it might make sense for you to have, if you were looking on a daily basis, to have a 500 calorie breakfast and a 500 calorie lunch, leaving you a thousand calories for dinner when you want to eat the most, because you don't really feel that hungry during the day. Usually you're busy, whatever. Okay, that seems very simple. Or you could do the same thing. So say, for example, same thing, 14,000 calories a week. You were to plan Monday to Friday, where you eat 1,750 calories. I'm going to have to do some math now. And let's say, roughly speaking, you then get 3,000 calories a day to have at the weekend. Both of those things are excellent tactics and ways that you can really help yourself out. Okay. We still want you to be using the internal controls when you're not on the pre plan. So, when you have your, if you go out for dinner on the weekend or you're whatever, we still want you to be paying attention to what you eat, saving your food, eating slowly, making sure you wait until you feel satisfied, making sure you're choosing sort of whole foods, like or at least including whole foods into what you're eating and making sure you wait until you're hungry before you go, which you probably will be. But we're going to be adding a little bit more structure. OK, and then in terms of what should I eat, we have a combination of if we scoot back to this will give you a rough idea of the macronutrient profile. And then if we go on the website, we have recipe ideas. And on here, we have breakfasts, uh, main meals and desserts. There's about 500 recipes, all of them are healthy. Um, and you know, there's, there's, there's literally everything there you can take a stick at. If you go online, there are so many free resources for recipe ideas, there really is no need for anybody to go wanting at any point. Right. You can put these together. You can prep some stuff in advance. Um, you can have your lunches and your breakfast sorted for the week. And then um, you can then just go along. If you need any help with that, then, of course, that please just let me know. That's the whole lot. That's what I would suggest that you do to control your calories. Everything after that is trial and error. Um, it's consistently weighing in. It's consistently measuring your outcomes. It's making sure that you are setting up systems so that you can tweak them 
And it's just being patient until you get to the end point you want to get to. It is as simple as that. All right. Um, there will be slip ups. There will be hiccups. There will be other ups. And basically what we need to do is we just need to make sure that you're consistently on track with that and you don't lose focus. You don't lose that discipline. All right. And then we, you will get there. And that's kind of the point that I'm trying to make. I'm, I'm so confident in this as a system. I honestly believe that if you follow this system, you, you cannot fail. Right. You work on your basic food habits first. So you plan, you make sure you nutrition, you, you, you journal at the beginning to get yourself into a groove. Uh, and then you think about how you eat. Then you want to sort of tighten up on the internal cues, make sure you're consistently doing that around when things are a bit more difficult, whether you're eating out, traveling or whether, you know, work stressful, you know, family issues, whatever's going on. You, you can always eat slowly and mindfully. Then add in the external cues, which mean that you actually can tighten up and actually really systemize a lot of the nutrition choices that you're making that don't matter too much. And then you'll finish strong. You'll make progress. It will work. There, there is no reason why it won't. And the fact of the matter is, is that the really reassuring thing is that there are no special cases when it comes to fat loss. Um, everybody can do it. There isn't anyone who can't. So hopefully all of this has made sense. This has inspired you um, to actually tighten up on a few different things and get you going. And if you have any questions, I mean, feel free. Once you've watched this or listened to this through, drop me a message. Let's discuss where it is that you want to work on, what it is that you need to do, um, and we'll, we'll get you there all right so thank you very much it's been a pleasure i will speak to you all very soon um and have i suppose depends what time it is have a lovely day cheers